You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. And uh, after four straight wins, it wouldn't be Illinois unless you had uh, some mixed feelings at the end of the season with back-to-back losses. This one... Uh, miserable, just a miserable day here at Memorial Stadium as we're sitting atop Jeremy Warner, Isaac Trotter. Illinois loses to Northwestern 29-10. They gave up 378 rushing yards. Uh, Andrew Marty, the fourth-string quarterback in Northwestern, just absolutely diced Illinois today. Uh, they couldn't tackle today, and they couldn't move the ball behind Matt Robinson, behind a season-low 160 rushing yards. Before we dive all into it, this is the last post-game of a regular season game. Between me and Isaac Trotter here. It's Trotter. You're leaving me, man. I'm sorry. I really I really hate to do it. It is. It's a little weird. I mean, we'll still have one after the bowl game, right. at least. So it's not the last one. But, yeah, it's on. This is the last game at Memorial Stadium we'll cover. It's I just odd. saw you and your boys, Eric Fisher, Gavin yeah, Good, right. taking a... Instagram picture, last game covering it together. Yeah, it's odd. The first game we <laughs> the first game we covered was Western Michigan when PJ Fleck sprinted up and down the sideline. That was the one that I really hated PJ Fleck <laughs> then, and I hate him even more now. And I'm moving to his state. It's really just all coming together. It's odd. We will do an entire podcast, just an exit interview with Isaac Trotter talking about him moving on. But what a miserable last game for your senior class here at the University of Illinois. You guys have had a rough go around. I mean, it's it's a successful season. You go six and six, and you get two monster victories, especially you know with Wisconsin the upset, the biggest upset uh, according to the spread in Illinois history. You have this epic comeback at East Lansing, biggest comeback in Illinois history. But then you have the lost Eastern Michigan, you have the lost Nebraska where you had the lead. Then you have this loss. Uh, it's just a weird season to to kind of put your arms around. It's a successful one. But it somehow still left you wanting more at the end of it, Isaac. Exactly. That, that's that's the exact phrase. I, I want more. There are going to be times where in two months from now, you think back to this 2019 season, and you're going to think back to those magical season, the magical game against Wisconsin, the magical moment against Michigan State. Those will dominate your memories. But in reality, this 2019 season was not magical. Mm-hmm. We had said after that Michigan State game, this is a magical year. This is shaping up to be a really cool turnaround. And it, and it was. And at the big picture, you still accomplished all your goals. But at the end of the day, you had a situation to make this really magical. And, and it's not. You're, you're kind of stuck in this between. I still think you accomplish your goals. I still think you can feel good about the future. But you can also have your concerns about where things yeah. are headed after a loss to Northwestern, a, a program that was winless in the Big Ten. You had a four-string quarterback. And now, granted, you had a lot of injuries too. But you, you can still feel a little disappointed after how this ended because of the expectations you had, especially after Michigan State. Well, well you think about it. You missed opportunities. You had a winless Northwestern team you'd rarely ever beat them Pat Fitzgerald's on 10 and 4 against Illinois and it's amazing Northwestern's lost or won 13 of the last 17 against Illinois but you had that chance to end the season 7 and 5 you lost to Eastern Michigan at home right like you had so many opportunities Isaac where this could have been an 8 and 4 season right it also could have been a 4 and 8 season <laughs> how close it is and it's a reminder of how little the separation is between mm-hmm. wins and losses and, and how on any day, especially in the Big Ten now, um, you know, outside of Rutgers, it feels like 
you know, any team can kind of sneak up and beat you when you're Illinois where they're at right now. Yeah. It's a reminder for me, I think for a lot of people that, and I knew this coming in, I was scared of this game. Um, it's a reminder that Illinois hasn't arrived yet. Uh, they're they're not that much different than if they would have finished five and seven, mm-hmm. but the difference is they are going to a bowl game. You have this disappointment. You're still going to a bowl game where you can still finish the season above five hundred. You could get a great win against say an ACC opponent uh, and feel really good about what you're where you're going. And the staff's going to go on the recruiting trail. And they got so much to sell now, much more to sell about on field results. But this stings because seven and five, it might not be a huge difference. Like how much better is this team if they would have yeah. gone seven and five and beat Northwestern? Not much, but it just would have felt a lot different yeah. going into a whole month of practices here. Yeah, 2019 is going to – we're going to look back at 2019, and that's going to be the building block year. 2020 is the year where you can really have a, a really good season when you have 30-plus seniors and, and you have your culture here for four or five more years. But but at the end of the day, this 2019 season, and when you look over at big picture, it's going to be a lot of disappointment. But at the end of the day – or a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a roller coaster. At the end of the day, it's a six – this is a six and six team. This is a 500 team that played 500 ball, right? Like I just, it's so interesting because in the preseasons, both of I, both of us were talking, and I feel like we know this team pretty well, and we were both saying five and seven, maybe they'll find a way to six and six. But I didn't have them losing to Eastern Michigan, and I certainly didn't have them beating Wisconsin or beating Michigan right. State. And it's just somehow, some way, they got to six and six. You could even look at that Nebraska game. Like right. there's a chance where Illinois could have absolutely won nine games. There's also a chance Illinois could have absolutely only beaten Rutgers and a couple other teams this right. year. Yeah, I mean, I sat there and I thought, five and seven, they'll be in some close games, but they won't find a way to win them. They found a way to win Wisconsin. They found a way to win Eastern Michigan, which or uh, Michigan State, which wasn't even a, a game, really a close game going into the fourth quarter. So they were able to flip some of those, and that's the difference between a successful season. And five and seven, which would have been kind of the expectation, right. or four and eight, which would have been a big disappointment, or seven and five and eight and four. So when we come back, that, that's macro. Let's talk about the, the micro of this game, how Northwestern came in here and just dominated you. That's next. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I thought the days of Big Ten teams running for near 400 rushing yards against you were over. Um, apparently not. I, I know Michigan State ran over Illinois for most of that game, but I did not see Northwestern with Andrew Marty um, and you know some running backs who aren't all that experienced. Drake Anderson, a recruit they went after, and I didn't even know who Coco Azima was. That sounds like some like posh drink or something. I don't know. It sounds like a uh, it sounds like a kid's cereal that they make that's covered in chocolate or something, yeah. right? Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I'd never even heard of him in my life. And these aren't big names. This is a bad Northwestern team at this point. But they ran for 384 yards. And why I was nervous coming into this game, Isaac, was Andrew Marty, I don't know why he wasn't starting for him before. Because I know he can't throw the ball very well. He did have one great pass to Riley Lease for a touchdown. But 
He's big, he's physical, he doesn't go down on first contact, and that's where Illinois really struggled is Drake Anderson, who's not known as a tough runner, uh, more of a fast runner, Reggie Corbin-like player, they kept getting yards after yards after contact. And that's something Illinois had been really good at here recently, was limiting those gains. And Northwestern only averaged, you know, five yards per carry. I mean, that's a lot. But during the first half, they only averaged four yards per carry, but they ran four plays. Four yards mm-hmm. per carry is going to get you a first down right. every time. And it was just they were barely getting first downs, but they'd string them together, and they would lead to long drives. And the time of possession was 42-18 to 18 in this game. Kudos to Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern for a good game plan, kind of like Illinois had against Purdue. Um, they matched that. But kudos to Andrew Marty for coming up with big plays. Completely agree. I mean, I, th- I was trying to t- keep a running tally in that first half of how many first downs Northwestern got by the nose of the football. Mm-hmm. And it was about six or seven of those. The fourth down one was a, a nose of the football situation. You had multiple others on third down that were nose of the football. And you saw a desperate team with Northwestern. Anytime it was fourth and short, fourth and manageable, they were going for it. Why? Because they had absolutely Not nothing to lose, and I completely get it. And, and, and that type of demeanor just dominated this game. And you you can't win a football game when your defense plays 41 minutes and 48 <laughs> seconds. You're just not going to do that at all. I and feel like Illinois did it once, but yeah, you're right. I mean, most games, it's like a 98% right. chance. You North, know Nebraska's <laughs> the game that you're yes, thinking yeah. of where Illinois was the defense was on the field a lot. But you had all those takeaways. And the last two games, takeaways haven't really happened. And that's a reason why Illinois has lost a couple of those. So the, the fumble fairy hasn't really been on your side. And, and there are a couple plays that you look at. The Io Shogmanio hands of the face really felt like a game changer to me. Because if that is an interception where Stanley Green's in the end zone, he picks it off. Instead of Illinois being down 23-10, to 10, it's 17-10. to 10, And Illinois has the ball at the 20-yard line. Now you're pushing. Yeah. So it felt like there were different plays here and there. Illinois and Northwestern, the final score, what, 29-10. I don't think Northwestern is 19 points better than you but they were today mm-hmm. and there were little different plays yeah. that Illinois just left a lot of points out there a lot of moments out there that could have changed the game uh, and the other story is Illinois couldn't move the ball with Matt Robinson at quarterback I, I, I think if Illinois fans take anything away from this game it's your appreciation for Brandon Peters right not not only as a, a thrower of the football the fact that he can drive the ball downfield and, and we'll talk about the other injuries Joshie Matorbebe was a big loss but Caleb Reams and then Casey Washington came up with big catches when the ball was in was thrown their way, but Matt Robinson wasn't very good today. 17 passes, only for 108 yards, took three sacks, uh, didn't run for any yards, lost 11 yards on all those sacks, had some bad decisions. I also thought Rod Smith had a poor game. Uh, he, he did not. I mean, Dre Brown, I know he returns kicks. Um, and I asked Lovey about the, the usage of Dre Brown, who only had five carries. It did, what, did that still lead the team? Um, no. Yeah, Reggie Corbin had seven at minus 10, and Matt Robinson with the sacks had eight for minus 11. Uh, Reggie was dancing too much. I didn't think the offensive line was very good today, but this is a day you just got to get upfield, and, and Reggie barely played at the end of the game. But Dre Brown only had five touches in the first touch, touchdown. The next two of the next three were first down runs. And Rod didn't go to him early in downs. It feels like they give him a break after he does a kick return, and then he doesn't get back in the game. And with so few first downs today, he barely got the ball. I, I thought that was a mistake. Just let Justice Williams fair catch it. 
get Dre Brown in the game because you need to get yards on first down. You were fighting the sticks all day. Completely agree, and Rayvon Bonner has proven time and time again that he can be solid and serviceable, but he's certainly not a game changer, certainly not a game breaker. And I felt bad for Reggie Corbin because there just weren't opportunities right there for him, and I thought he made some bad decisions. So when you see that, you do have to get Dre on the field. But yet again, Illinois only ran 49 offensive plays. That's just right. that's just minuscule, and, and you just couldn't string anything together, which really took your playmakers out of it. The thing with Robinson, though, it felt like it needed some time for it to work, right? And I understand Rob Smith take giving it some time. And then you had the, the good throw to Caleb Reams that set up a touchdown. So I understood why they stuck with him. But when you see in the third quarter that you're struggling again, it looks like Northwestern's about to put you away, and Matt has multiple drives in the third quarter that don't go awry, I, I didn't understand why Isaiah Williams was warming up with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I talked to Matt after the game, and he said, well, there was a hip issue with me or an elbow, and I, I went, I kind of double-checked. I was like, so did you get pulled for injury or was it performance? And he said he didn't know. Yeah. It was performance-based. Yeah. It's all performance-based. It always will always be performance-based. Isaiah Williams needed... Yeah, if the trainer doesn't pull him... Right, then right. Yeah, the, the, the doctors don't pull him. Right. And that's performance. It, it, it needs to be... There need... I, I, I was confused with Rod Smith a little bit today with the play calling the and third, then with the... the, with the third and long. The third yeah, and yeah, long right. where he called a Rayvon Bonner run. To get better field goal range. It made no sense to me. Especially when on that drive... Matt was feeling it a little bit, right? You got some completions to Casey Washington, who made some great catches. He was a positive today. Caleb Reams in his final game at Morris Stadium was a positive today. I mean, those guys stepping up, and, and Matt didn't have great options, right? Like, those guys weren't getting open very often, and he was feeling pressure all day. I thought the offensive line. But he also missed Donnie Navarro three right. or four times that were wide open right. opportunities. So Matt was just not good no, today. He, he was not good enough. His decision making was not good enough. And he's just, I mean, the ball is not coming out of his hand very well. And it's not like you were sitting there worried about burning a red shirt. That's why it made no sense with Isaiah Williams. Get him in at the start of the fourth quarter, right, or at the end of the third quarter as they take a lead. You know, Illinois got a field goal. They got two field goal drives. James McCourt missed one of them. But that was the time to get him. But also, we don't see practice every day, right? And does this say anything about where Isaiah Williams is at? Um, maybe, but in that point of the game, you needed a spark, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought they needed to get him in at least a drive earlier. And it's not like Isaiah set the world on fire when no. he got in there. Three had, or six. Had some nice passes on the final drive that didn't matter. Also threw the pick, but he was just throwing it into the end zone anyway. So I won't hold that against him. Had 15 yards rushing. So I, you know, but it, they needed a spark, and it just made sense to get him in. And he's going to be your future starting quarterback anyway. Matt Robinson, as much as I've liked him at certain points in his career, the Michigan game, he showed some things. I think during practice, he's shown some things. He's probably not going to be your starting quarterback. Yeah, I think this does say a little bit about what they feel about Isaiah and how prepared they think it is. And I think their quarterback recruiting says a little bit about it because they already have C.J. Dixon committed and they were going after Deuce Span too. So whenever you take two quarterbacks, it tells you that there needs to be an upgrade in this in this quarterback room. But I think my biggest takeaway, though, of, around the quarterback situation is how good is Brandon Peters? If Brandon Peters wasn't here, how many Big Ten wins does this roster get? I, I keep going. You know, I'm, I'm going to do like a top ten checklist thing. And I feel like there's still portions of this Atlanta fan base are like, ah, but I don't, I don't know about Brandon Peters. He's by far your best quarterback since Nathan Shieldhouse. And I think you're reminded today, if Brandon Peters on that field. I think Illinois is winning, to be honest with you. By a lot. I don't by even, a lot. I don't even know that, but I think they're going to win the game. I just, I think he's a good runner. I think he can throw the ball. Is he going to make some mistakes? 
Yes, but so does almost every other quarterback in the Big Ten. There's going to be some bad moments from him, but there's also some phenomenal moments. And we've seen it throughout the year. End of Wisconsin game, end of the uh, Michigan State game. Mm -hmm. I thought Purdue, he handled that great. Matt didn't as much today. So I think that threat of throwing the ball downfield too, it keeps Northwestern from stacking the box like they did. I I agree. I I 1,000% agree. And I think we've touched on the running backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers. At the end of the day, Illinois' offensive line was abused at times today. I did not like that at all. Uh, Northwestern had eight tackles for a loss. They were always in the backfield. That The game was really won or lost at the line of scrimmage on both sides. Right. I mean, the defensive line today was awful. Um, I, I, I thought they were really, really bad. They were getting pushed all over the place. Only two negative plays running the football for Northwestern. That's not good enough for a team that has been great in tackles for loss all year. I mean, 378 rushing yards. Right on the game, 5.8 per clip, which is not good enough. Here's my number. You had two negative plays on that. They rushed the ball 65 times. You had 65 chances to create some disruption, and they didn't do it more than two times. That's just just not good enough, especially for a team coming to this game, and my math could be wrong, but Illinois was averaging close to nine or ten tackles for loss per game this year. That's been a huge number that jumped up. And so in this game, for that not to happen, that says a lot about where the defensive line was today. They were were really, really mad. Handle. I'm upset personally because I've already started my uh, 10 off-season checklist thing here, Isaac. And over the la- previous six games – or five games, I believe it was, they had only allowed 3.7 yards per rush. This game they allowed 5.8, they lose. I mean, that tells you. That, I thought they won the line of scrimmage against Iowa. They did. Yeah. They, they lost it to Northwestern. That was really, really odd today. It, it, it's it's weird. College football is so fickle because this Illinois team is six and six, but they could be four and eight. That Northwestern team is three and nine, but if they don't have some injuries, maybe they go to Marty. Maybe that's a seven and five team, and we look at this game way differently. So it, it's just frustrating because uh, it, it's frustrating for me personally, just because I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Right? Like after after every game, you feel like okay, I'm supposed to have a take on how this season yeah. is going, and it's really hard to have a take. It's just weird this 2019 my, season. Yeah, mine is that Illinois is markedly better. They are markedly yes, better. completely agreed. But they are not consistent yet, and they have not arrived. This, does, this season does not mean that next year is going to be 8-4. and four. Mm-hmm. They can't just show up and get to a bowl game next year. I feel like everyone thinks that, and it should be the case. I do think it should be the case, but Michigan State didn't expect to be fighting for a bowl game against Maryland right now, and as we film or we record this, they're down 7-3. to three. You know what and mean? what do you so, know, Brian Lewerke just overthrew another wide receiver. Northwestern is a perfect example of this. They won the Big Ten West last year. and Brought in a five-star quarterback <laughs> and thought they were going to take another right. step forward. And they're 3-9. and nine. I think it's a reminder to these guys that, hey, we just can't show up. We haven't arrived yet. I, I wonder, what do you think of this? Like, It felt like today's kind of performance kind of showcased maybe the depth isn't also where it needs to yeah. be quite yet because Jamal Woods is out, Jake Hansen is out, Josh Matterbebe is well, out. All these guys, are those are a lot of good, good players. I mean, let's talk about that. That has an impact. Now, it's not, it's not to excuse everything that no. happened today, but you didn't have your starting quarterback. You didn't have your three starting wide receivers from week one, and I think people have really overlooked – the loss of Ricky Smalling because for about three games after he was hurt, he still led the team in receptions. He's still a big physical blocker on the edge, and he's a 
productive mm-hmm. Big Ten starting wide receiver for most teams in the Big Ten. That's been a big loss. You lost Doug Kramer today. That looked According like a, to PFF, he's been your best offensive lineman this year. Yeah, and he, that looked like a serious injury. And they've had a lot of continuity on that offensive line. So that's a bummer of an injury. It did allow Kendrick Green to get some reps at center, which could be good for his NFL career. Uh, Milo Eifler got nicked up today. Jamal Milan got nicked up again today. But Jake Hansen being out. That's a big loss. Tony Adams being out. Yeah. That's a big loss. I think those injuries have packed up. And Batiku missing games, I think, has really impacted him because he was not good at all today. I, I, I would have liked to see more Owen Carney, and I can't believe I said that because I've been down on Owen Carney a while, but he didn't play a lot today too. But it is interesting because if you think about some of the big plays that shaped this game, Milo Eifler goes down with an injury. Who do they bring in as the as the third string uh, strong side linebacker? Because remember, Dawson DeGroote is out. They bring in walk-on Alec McEachern. No, this isn't a shot McCarran. against – McCarron or whatever, <laughs> Alec McCarron. It's just not a shot at McCarron at all. But they, Northwestern ran right at him, and they went right at Nick Walker too, who's in one of the corners that's been buried on the depth chart, and got sixty-six yards which set up the game, the the clinching touchdown. So like that, that, those are these little plays, these little things that happen. Where where this game was not a nineteen-point spread, right? It, it should have been a much closer game than what it was. The late touchdown, that type of play, it was much closer. But these little things that have come up to bite Illinois in the last couple of weeks, Illinois could absolutely have been eight and four, and yeah. you're six and six, and you're talking about now you have a two-game losing streak you got to bounce back whereas we could have been talking about a six game winning streak yeah. to end this season uh i think they're going to go to new york i, I think they're going to yeah. go to the pinstripe bowl because i think michigan state if they end up beating maryland i think they'll go uh to detroit um maybe they could go to pinstripe i'm not sure but we'll find out on december 8th that's a, a week from sunday the big 10 has its announcement show i believe it's 5 30 central time uh so we'll find out around then but i think most people are going to have them going pinstripe maybe some people have them going quick lane the red box bowl was here today so i think that's still a possibility but unlikely uh given how they've done so i think it's one of those destinations Destinations. And if you told us before the season, yeah. you're six and six and going to the pinstripe bowl, everyone would have signed up for that. It's just, you know, at six and four, it all of a sudden became, okay, let's let's do better. Let's win the Big Ten West. Let's yeah. do something big here. Let's try to do something big. It is. And, and that's why you end this year going, ah, I just, yeah. I just don't know. I think Dre Brown said it best. This year's been a roller coaster all season long. He goes, we've had our first halves where we've been really, really bad, and then we bounced back in the second half of the season. We didn't finish. We didn't start too well in the last mm-hmm. two games of the year. He goes, no, this is a chance for us to bounce back. Because yeah. let's be honest, you can say what you want about this roster. One thing that they are, they are fighters, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of heart. They have a lot of character, and we've seen them bounce back out of a lot of tough situations. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if yeah. Illinois goes to the pinstripe bowl and puts some things together. And I think these next practices are so vital, so, so vital. And and and, and Matt Bebe even told me earlier this year, he goes, teams that go to bowl games keep going to bowl games over and over again because they're able to develop it's another spring ball those 15 practices are so monster for this program when we come back let's talk about one huge positive from today that i think everyone will remember this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Lovey Smith before the game 
wheeled Bobby Roundtree into the locker room, and you could see the looks on those guys' faces, and you could probably see it on our faces when we got to see the video. What a moment. Now, I know it didn't lead to a win today, but it was just a reminder that whatever happened on the field today doesn't matter all that much. Doesn't matter if Pat Fitzgerald's going up to Evanston, eh, maybe a little bit, but to see Bobby Roundtree on the field when seven months ago uh, we got the news that, you know, is, is he going to walk again? Is he going to be right again? Um, he's obviously gone through a lot. You can see he's lost a lot of weight and all those things. Uh, he's got a long road ahead of him. But to see him get to this stage, Isaac, to where he can get to the, to the locker room, address his teammates, be on the sideline, wave to the fans, uh, that was a powerful moment. And it's a reminder of what he's been through, but also, as Lovey Smith said, how far he's come yeah. to be able to get to here. And Lovey Smith put the words out today. The goal is for Bobby to walk again. Um, and he said since the first day he saw him, and I can't imagine what was that like that what was that like in the hospital to see him here today waving, talking, all those things. Um, it was a hell of a moment. Just the, the, the faces that those guys were making when, when they got to see him it was so special. And I, you know, I, I just think back to the emotions of when I first heard about when Bobby was hurt. And I'm down in Florida at my grandparents' house, and you find out that this is happening. And it's just like you're, you're just stunned. And you just sit there, and it's just stunned silence about it. It felt like an entire career was taken away. But just seeing him today reminded me that, yes, his football career might not ever happen, but Bobby can have a life again. Bobby can be a – he can have – he could contribute to this society in other different ways, and and, yeah. and I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't think that that was necessarily possible when I first heard that. Yeah. I thought that there was a chance that maybe he's in a coma for a really long time, or maybe he's bedridden for a really long time. And to see him here was really encouraging. Illinois hopes to get him back here next semester for school, which it would be huge for his future. And it was just nice to see him and his family here and be able to hear those cheers and hear those yeah. Bobby Roundtree chants again. And I know that they really appreciate all the money that they've been given by Illinois Nation. Uh, can you? Can you pull up a list of the seniors on this team? Because I think, you know, it was, it was a bad day to have a bad weather day because it was senior day. Um, these November, late November games can get really iffy for that. But there were barely any fans in the stands. I can't blame the fans because it was just miserable at the stadium today. But there, there are so many seniors, Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown. I don't know if we can say any more about them, but Reggie Corbin, what a career he's had from being great as a redshirt freshman being benched to all of a sudden being the star of this team um you know i know he didn't have a great day today but what a career he's had one of the top 12 rushers all time at the university of illinois now dre brown i think he's probably the the fan favorite of all guys on this team so uh, i just want to say a little bit about each senior but those two come to mind right away two fifth year guys two beckman guys that made such a big impact Reggie Moore on the field, but Dre on the field this year. And, and Dre, just his, his story of perseverance always resonates. For sure. I think that when you think of Illinois football, Dre Brown and, and Reggie Corbin's persistence and perseverance are two of those things that are going to come back into mind. Those guys were leaders on and off the field, and they've, you've never had a problem with either of those two guys with what they've done. I think Reggie has stood in the locker room or in post-game press conferences after a lot of tough losses and said the right thing and been a good leader and a good representative. And obviously, Trey is a heck of a representative, too. I really miss covering those two guys. Yep. Those guys have bright futures outside of football, too. Well, and we'll
we'll see if we'll see if Dre has has more time here. It'll right. be an interesting decision for him. Uh, two other guys I'm really interested in, uh, kind of grouped together: Caleb Reams and Justice Williams. Two guys who have switched positions so much. Maybe not the biggest starring roles on the team, but they're sitting here starting on their final day for Illinois. They've done so much because they've gone to so many different positions. They've done whatever they need to do. Caleb Reams was the guy that said, "Hey, I need to move to wide receiver if you need help," and Justice Williams was the one that goes, "I'll move to wide receiver." Oh, you need me at tight end? I'll go there. Oh, you need me back at wide receiver? I'll go there. Oh, I can play linebacker. All of these different things. They're team first guys, and and they're again good representatives of your program. I can say that about a lot of the guys on their things. Yeah. But Justice Williams, you, you're not going to find a better dude. Caleb Reeves, you're not going to find a better man. That that's an awesome guy right yeah. there. And both of those guys are are people that. You, they might, you might not remember them for their football and all of the big catches or something that right. they did, but they found a way to contribute. And that, that can't be said by a lot, about a lot of guys. Caleb Brooms had some pretty good moments at uh, Michigan State, too, and he had some good moments yeah. on the field today with a career day out there. A couple walk-ons, Nolan Burnett, uh, Bobby Walker as well. Bobby got on scholarship for last year. Uh, but two guys, I mean, that, that's great to see, two walk-ons. Not all the time you see walk-ons get to their senior year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes either the staff wants to move on or these kids just don't want to keep grinding every day. Uh, but Burnett had an interception, I guess, in Western Illinois, yeah. I believe it was. He was crying in the interview at the, <laughs> yeah. after the game. That meant so much to him. And yeah. then think about Bobby Walker. He stepped in for Nick Allegretti to raise money mm-hmm. for for um, basically like yeah. new si- or old sicknesses that they don't know about and yeah. all of these different things. Bobby Walker is going to have a, a very lucrative career as a lawyer or whatever the heck he's doing he's a really smart guy uh the spine of this defense is leaving that, that's the way I would say it. Martin told me that before the game because I said up the middle. It's kind of like losing your second baseman, shortstop, catcher, and uh, center fielder. But they lose their starting defensive tackles and Kenyon or Jamal Milan, Tymir Oliver, as well as Kenyon Jackson, one of the rotation guys. And Jamal battling through all the injuries. Tymir never was going to be like a superstar defensive tackle, but he was always so stout. Um, Kenyon, undersized dude. He's the son of an NFL guy, but didn't get those genetics. Uh, but he just fought so hard. And then Dele Harding, what a senior year for him. Uh, he's all Big Ten. He's going to finish with more than 150 tackles after the bowl game for a single season. So one of the best seasons for an Illinois linebacker, which is saying something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when, you, when you're in that conversation, I hope he gets all Big Ten. And then Stanley Green at free safety. Uh, I think he just stabilized everything back there. Even on a day when they, they didn't tackle all that well, he made a few tackles that stopped Northwestern from maybe having long touchdown runs. So the spine of that defense is going to have to be replaced, and, and that's not going to be easy. On senior day, Daly Harding, 15 tackles. Stanley Green, 11 tackles. Kenyon Jackson, 9 tackles mm-hmm. for a defensive tackle. That's that's really impressive. And That also I, tells you that Northwestern ran it all. True. <laughs> but I, I think it's also one of those things that you all of those defensive guys that we talked about, we kind of all wrote them off. We wrote Jamal Milan off just because of all the injuries. Yeah. But we wrote we wrote Tymir Oliver and Kenyon Jackson off because they were not very good last year. We because wrote, Calvin was here and Laurel yeah, Adipo was taking sure. a, st- a step forward. We wrote off Stanley Green because of some of those horrible angles we saw last year that he would take to the football. And we just thought, didn't, didn't think he was good enough. We kind of wrote Daley Harding off because he hadn't won the job for three years. And they've all waited their turn and found a way to be very, very impactful as seniors. I think that... Those guys aren't impossible to replace, but they're going to be a little tougher than we expect. Veterans. I mean, I think we've seen this year, experience matters when we're talking about those guys. Maybe not the most physically gifted. I mean, Jamal Mm -hmm. is very good, um, but maybe not the most physically gifted, but they're experienced. They know what it's like to go through these wars, and that's where now the next group of guys, whether it's Jake Mm -hmm. Hansen and Emil Life, where they're going to have to uh, step up because I I wouldn't be surprised to see Jake Hansen, a middle linebacker, next year. Other couple guys, Trenard Davis, kind of the Swiss Army knife. He's thrown a touchdown 
touchdown pass. He's caught a touchdown. Is that pass. the highlight of his career? The thrown touchdown pass against Penn State. <laughs> yeah, probably. It was a it was a great play. Uh, Richie Pettibone only here for a year, but he played a big role because I I think that tells you, I mean, Virtus Brown. Everyone's excited about for the long term, but he wasn't ready to play, and, and Jordan Slaughter wasn't ready to play, and Jake Cerny came in today and mm-hmm. gave you some quality reps. But Richie was big to that group yeah. just to give him a little bit of stability at that spot. And I think Richie's good for Illinois in the future because you can you can sell future grad transfers we go hey you can be like Richie yeah didn't play for four years at Alabama played sparingly yeah come to Illinois you start 12 games for a team that's going to a bowl game and you played a big part of that so I I think that he his on the field impact is big but you can also sell what he's done to others and and it really could be a a, a lucrative recruiting strategy moving forward Uh, Kirk Gavin was an in-state kid who picked Illinois when a lot of in-state kids weren't picking Illinois and Tim Beckman his career obviously didn't work out the way Illinois he thought but he's very well liked by his teammates Brandon Jones who's now a GA usually see him sitting next to Lovey Smith on the sidelines actually committed to Cubit the week after um, Tim Beckman was fired so I always found that really interesting but he flipped positions a lot Cam Miller always has Ohio State how many Illinois players can say they scored against Ohio State? Cam Miller is one of them. He's the only one of them <laughs> on, this on, this team, yeah. on this current roster. He's the only one yeah. that scored at the horseshoe. So, yeah. And, and then the last one, of course, is Griffin Palmer. Or two. We have yeah, Griffin we got, Palmer and Ayo Shagbanyo. Yeah, and Griffin Palmer always looked the part. And he was a, he's a good blocker, physical kid. Just athletically, he wasn't quite there. But he and Luke Ford seemed to get really close this Corey year. Corey raved about him multiple yeah. times. Like, it felt like they always liked him. So, it just felt like... Lou Dorsey was here, then Daniel Parker comes here, and Justice Williams makes moves from wide receiver to tight end. So it's just tough for him to really get on the field. But he is also another one of the good guys on this team. Like oh, he, he really is. He's a great, great guy. Great interview, too. Yeah, I always love talking to Griffin. And, and I guess the surprise who was honored today was Ayo Shagbanyo, and I asked about it. And we didn't get Ayo after the game, um, but he decided himself that, that he wants to move on. I mean, it's surprising when I heard that Ayo Shagbanyo was going to be honored during senior day because he's got one more year. And he started 10 games this year at defensive end, which is a spot where they have question marks going into next year. So not that they can't upgrade physically over Io because Io's an undersized former linebacker, right? But he was one of their most consistent defensive ends. He only had one and a half sacks this year, so it wasn't a great pass rusher. But he's better against the run than I thought he would be this year. Eight and a half tackles for a loss is a huge contribution. I mean, remember the days when we had, oh God, what Jamal, no, not Jamal. Who, the Green Bay Packers defensive end. Jamal Crawford led yeah, the team right. with four and a half that's tackles right. for yeah. loss. Yeah. That, that was not that long ago. And now Ayo Shagbanyo is like no big deal. We're just barely talking about him. And he had eight yeah. and a half tackles for a loss this year. But that is that is odd to me. I, I, I'd like to know more to the story. I wonder if it's a job opportunity or a situation for him to get into his personal life or something. Well, I, I know he he's a very smart kid. Really I know smart. he's dealt with injuries this year and I think battled through them. And maybe he wants to go. I, I mean, I'm just speculating. But he's, he's a smart enough kid where he could go to law school or med school and mm-hmm. sometimes you just might want to start that part of your life but uh, kudos to that senior class a bunch of Beckman kids a bunch of Cuba kids who found a way to make an impact and leave a mark on what was for them a very successful season all right that wraps up the regular season of the Alana Inquirer podcast now we're just gonna have to do our regular schedule things we'll get into recruiting a little bit here Isaac Trotters they hit the recruiting trail and they have some momentum and I gotta say they're sitting really well with a bunch of defensive linemen. We'll see what they can do with Antonio Doyle. I think they've gained a lot of momentum there for the four-star linebacker. And Barry Odom gets fired today. I know everyone wants to know, is Jalen St. John in play? Well, it's going to be interesting because Illinois had 
felt like from what they had heard from Jalen that they were going to get him, that he was going to be here. And Lovey really hasn't responded well to guys who decide to go elsewhere, maybe said mm-hmm. said they wanted to be there and then didn't follow through on it. Plus they have three offensive linemen they, they have committed that they really like. So it'll be interesting to see if they get in on any of those Mizzou kids and how active they'll be in the transfer market. I, I'm really interested in Maurice Massey and some of the, and maybe Jack Buford and some of the other guys that they've had in previous classes that have gone to Missouri that they've invested a lot of time into. So that that firing is odd and interesting to me. But again, my biggest focus throughout this offseason is the grad transfer market. I think what you saw this year on the field, you see how much those grad transfers matter. Where would Illinois be without a matter, baby? Where would Illinois be without Peters? Where would Illinois be without Milo Eifler? That's when we don't even talk about our Trayvon Sydney and all of these guys. So and now you got Luke Ford coming in, Derek, Derek Smith, Smith coming, coming in. in. You got opportunities here, and you have holes to fill. And if you can find those big time dudes like Batiku or something like that, that can come in and play defensive tackle or play safety or play wide receiver or add another offensive lineman. You can fill those holes, and I think you had a great sell. And you could be one of those. You know, you, we already saw the tweet earlier this week. Transfer you, grad transfer mm-hmm. you. Embrace that. Go yeah. after that. Get that done, and keep continuing to add this veteran talent. Let's do a podcast midweek about recruiting and just needs and where they can go from there. We'll dive more into that. Uh, but we got to get to go writing. I'm probably going to write a column just about how this two game losing streak kind of does it change the way we think about the year? Because some of the some of the players said yes. I mean, some of the players did, and we even love you said, yeah, it was a bad taste in our mouth, but still we're going bowling. So at the end of the day, uh, it's still been a successful season. Isaac will have some stuff on Bobby Roundtree. I'll talk to Casey Washington, who's been nice to see that freshman get going a little bit. And of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the quarterbacks as well. Isaac Trotter, you want to say goodbye to Memorial Stadium here, bud? So long and farewell. It's been a good run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great stuff. Uh, we'll talk more with Isaac about his job opportunities on another podcast. But thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. And if you haven't, we're going to have a great Cyber Monday deal. So I'll tell you to hold off. we got a great Cyber Monday deal for you. If you want to subscribe to the site, get all our great content. And I also will have an off-season checklist for Lovey Smith that we'll have ready to publish this weekend as well. Thanks for listening to us. We'll talk to you next time on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen Are you still listening? Good Take a deep breath You needed a break This Earth Week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus So yes You can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.